so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Well, good morning and welcome uh, this morning, those here and those online. January is always a little bit of a, um, a wake up on a Sunday morning and think, Oh, I wonder who's in town today or who's around today. And um, so it's uh, beautiful to be able to gather together uh, with um, a community that, uh, and worship Jesus together. Um, it's also great to see some unfamiliar faces this morning. So uh, for those that don't know me, uh, my name is Nick. Um, my role is to uh, be the pastor here. Uh, and my prayer for you this morning is whether you are um, passing through, sojourning in Yass, or whether you are seeking uh, a church to call home, uh, or something in between, uh, that you are blessed by being together with us this morning. That's my hope and prayer. Um, before I begin to unpack the word together uh, this morning, I heard this morning that, um, uh, and, and we're going to pray for Jeanette Ford, I heard this morning that uh, her mother passed away in the last few days, and so um, that was quite uh, she was quite elderly, but uh, that was also quite quick. And so um, I'm going to pray, just pause and pray now for uh, Jeanette and her husband, John, and, and their whole family, um, all the brothers and sisters and grandchildren and all of that impacted by that. Um, so we're going to pray together for that, and then um, we'll jump into God's Word together. So Heavenly Father, we do just lift up Jeanette and John and their family um, to you this morning. We pray for your comfort. We pray for your peace to be upon them. Um, we pray that you guide them with wisdom as they make plans and steps. And as we know, that's all complicated in this season with different rules and regulations around uh, memorial services changing all the time, Father. So we pray for wisdom in that space. But above all else, we pray that you, they would know your love uh, and your peace, that they would know the comfort of being together as family um, as you are present with them. Um, yeah, and Father, we pray that you would help us as a church family to be uh, a comforting presence for Jeanette uh, when she's <clears throat> back amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Um, well, sometimes uh, when we come to bring something, whether, it's, uh, whether you're serving a meal for family and friends uh, or, or whether you're bringing a sermon for the church, sometimes you feel like, oh, I've got so much to offer and, and, and it's so excited, I can't wait for you to taste this. And other times we feel like the, the child who offered his uh, packed lunch to Jesus uh, in the hopes that it might feed 5,000 people. And so I confess this morning I'm feeling a little bit like, not that I've got five loaves and a couple of fish, but I've got half a fish and um, some crumbs of a bread roll. But I know that when we offer what we bring to Jesus then he turns it into something that can satisfy thousands. Uh, and so I share that this morning because maybe you're thinking this morning, oh, I haven't got much attention span to offer. I haven't got uh, much uh, in the tank to, to really take anything on board this morning. Well, I just want to encourage you to, to tune in, so to speak, to what, not what I have to say necessarily, but to what the Holy Spirit's saying through God's word this morning. Even if it feels like there's not much there. Um, because God can take what we bring to him uh, and, and turn it into something that is uh, overwhelmingly satisfying. Uh, so I'm going to pray for once more. Um, it's good to pray. I know we've already prayed a few times for a few things. I'm going to pray for all of us, for me as I share 
um, and for all of us as we receive from God's word this morning, uh, that he would make it uh, not just uh, a nibble, but a, a rich, nourishing time in God's word together. So Heavenly Father, I, I come this morning and I humbly offer um, what I have to you and to this community. And I do remember that story of, of that child who offered one person's lunch when the need was for feeding thousands. And so I know that you can do immeasurably more than we can ask and imagine with what we have to bring. And so I pray that you would take what I offer this morning and that you would, uh, by your Holy Spirit and by your word, that you would nourish our souls. And I pray for all of us uh, here this morning and listening online that we may be feeling, as Christy shared uh, earlier in our service, uh, we may be feeling a bit flat or a bit, a bit downcast at the start of this year given the circumstances. I pray uh, that you would help us to bring whatever we have to you in this time that word Christy used, that we would be intentional in bringing our our attention, our heart, our mind, our ears to be open to you this morning. And so we pray that you would nourish us, that you would satisfy us, that you would transform us by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Well, it is a new year and uh, new years bring uh, lots of things. Uh, They bring a new number at the end of the, you know, we've all got to learn to write 2022 now instead of 2021. Uh, And and if you're like me, it takes a a little while into the year before you um, end up putting the two at the back of the year. Or sometimes your brain just reverts to like 1997 or something like that because it's, you know, a computational error. Um, I actually, I, I turned 40 this year. I can no longer say that's next year. I'm turning 40 this year. Uh, so that's something new for me uh, coming this year. Um, I feel like I'm growing into my personality in, in years of age. I've been a grumpy 40-year-old man my whole life. Uh, now I'm going to finally have the number to match it. Um, but another thing a new year brings is uh, uh, new models of stuff. Uh, often they release it before the end of the year, but you know, so cars will now be releasing their 2022 model. Uh, you know, phone makers are releasing new models and things like that. And um, so recently, my children saw a, a, um, an ad on TV. Uh, for a particular popular brand's phone model, the same phone that I have, it's the latest model. And he said, one of my co- uh, boys said to me, Dad, your phone's got two cameras on the back of it. But I just saw one advertised and it's got three. Uh, and then the joke went on amongst some of my children that eventually the whole back of the camera, the phone will be just covered in camera lenses. But uh, the reason I share that story though is, Because to improve what they're offering this phone company, what they've done is, well, let's add something. And and that's often how we approach things in life as humans. To improve something, we add something to it. If we want to improve, if a car maker wants to improve their vehicles, they add some features, some cameras, some, some more safe driving technology, uh, they might add a few speakers into it to, to make the sound system better. They, they add to it. And, and so this is how we improve things as humans. We add things to it until we do get to the point where we've got uh, phones with 25 cameras on the back of it because we just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding to it. And so it's only uh, natural, in a sense, 
or human, I should say, probably better in a sense, to when we come to the gospel, when we come to the good news, that's what gospel means, it, it means good news. When we come to the good news, the gospel about Jesus, the human kind of mentality is, well, let's add something around that. Let's build on that. It's good, but let's add a camera to it. Let's add some, some more structure around it and things like that. And so as we start the new year, I know we started the new year last week, but we were away last week. Uh, we had a time of just testimony and worship together while I was away. Uh, but as we start the new year, uh, as we um, launched into this January, and we always have a bit of a lower key January um, with kids' church off, and I thought, what are we going to lean into? And I felt like uh, it was time to go back to Galatians. Because Galatians is uh, a letter from Paul to the church that reminds us that you can't improve the gospel by adding to it. You can't add a camera, you can't add anything else to it and make it better. In fact, if we add anything to the gospel, we completely remove its value. And so this letter is possibly and most likely the earliest Christian document that we have today. Uh, it's the most likely the earliest uh, and I say Christian, not to say that the Old Testament isn't Christian, but this is the, the first part of the Bible written after the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. The first uh, Christian, not just um, Jewish, but Christian document we have in our Bibles today. This is the first thing, Paul probably wrote, maybe wrote other things, but this is the first thing that has made its way into our Bibles today. And so it's not the nuanced theological reflection that we find in other books like Romans. It is straight to the point. Paul is straight to the point and he writes because early in the life of the church, humans have taken the gospel of Jesus and started to add things to it. And so Galatians is about keeping the gospel, keeping the gospel good news, keeping the message of Jesus good news and so gospel focused is Paul that in his introduction to the church uh, in the first few chapters the first few verses of the chapter in the midst of saying hello he's sharing the gospel he says Paul an apostle sent not uh, from men but by or by man but by Jesus Christ and God our father who raised him from the dead and so part of the, the gospel message is that Christ wasn't just crucified, but was risen from the dead. He goes on to say, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and to the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. And so yes, Jesus was raised from the dead, but he gave himself in death for our sins to rescue us. And he says this was according to the will of, God, of our God and Father. So in his hello to the church, Paul has shared the gospel. That the will of God our Father was to send Jesus. That he might offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. To rescue us from our sins and from this evil age, as Paul puts it. And that he was raised again. Paul likes to give these very succinct summaries of the gospel. Another place we can see one in is in his letter to Timothy, written much later in 2 Timothy 2.8. He says, 
Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. I think the reason Paul likes to share such succinct summations of what the gospel is is because he doesn't want anyone to add to it. The gospel is Jesus, sent by God, sacrificed on the cross for our sin and raised to new life. But in Galatia, a different gospel has appeared. Paul is writing this letter because some have started to add to the gospel and, and most likely it seems that these were, were those uh, Christians who had come from uh, the Jewish faith and who'd had this life of living a relationship with God under a legal code, uh, a system of how you had to wash, a system of how you had to sacrifice, a system of rules around what you could and couldn't do uh, on a Saturday, a system of rules around who you could and couldn't relate to. And, and that was the context in which they could have relationship with God. And then so when Jesus came along and, and shifted the relationship that humanity has with God, they naturally struggled with that transition. And so they had some thoughts. I know how we can make this gospel better. Let's add to it. Yeah, Jesus is good, but, but let's add the requirements of the law to the gospel. Because that can only make it better. Uh, chief amongst the, the things that they were wanting to add to the gospel for these Gentile Christians in Galatia was that they should be circumcised. The, the physical act of, uh, I guess, setting yourself apart as one of God's people under the Old Testament law. It's like almost, you know, when you, once upon a time in ancient history when you could book a, a plane ticket and it's adver advertised as, you know, $3,000 or $50 depending on where you're flying to. And you think, that's a great deal. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to commit to that. And once you've clicked the button and you go on and, and it turns out that somehow... You know, there's a you know, $400 booking fee and there's this tax and that tax and, and it ends up costing you substantially more than the advertised price. And so that's what these people were trying to do to these believers in, in Galatia. They were trying to say, yes, you've come to Jesus, but there's some hidden fees. There's some hidden things that you need to do. Yes, you're saved through, through faith in Jesus, but you've kind of got to add circumcision. And, and you really should eat kosher. And you really should, you know, follow the rules of the Jewish faith. It's not just the Christian faith that's like this. It's a trend for religious movements towards adding extra requirement upon extra requirement and complexity upon complexity to reach, you know, true holiness. The, the bar keeps on shifting further and further away. And so into this context, the, the Apostle Paul says in verse 6, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Jesus Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And so... What Paul is saying is that if anything is added to the gospel, then it is perverted. Or another way we could translate that is corrupted. 
So unlike, you know, we could debate whether a phone with three cameras is better than two. Uh, I'm not, that's not my world. But, but unlike other things that get improved by addition, the gospel is completely corrupted when anything is added to it. If you add anything to it, this mathematical conundrum happens where absolutely everything is taken away. It's corrupted, it's perverted, it loses all of its value. And so Paul says the church in Galatia has been thrown into confusion. Because they were told a gospel that that was all about Jesus and, and now others are telling them a different story. And so it raises for me, though, the question of what do we add to the gospel? What do you and I add to the gospel in our human religiosity? If the gospel is that we're saved through our faith in Jesus Christ, who, who was sent from the Father to save us from our sins, who was raised from life, what do, what do we add? I don't mean what do we add in terms of our understanding of faith. I don't mean uh, that, there's, that there's not more understanding about uh, life as a follower of Jesus. But, but what do we add to the gospel? What do we add in this day and age? What righteous living requirements do we add for ourselves to be good enough for God? It's not to say that our behaviour doesn't matter. It certainly does matter. But the gospel does not require us to behave in a certain way in order to be saved through God's grace. In verses 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul goes on to say, Even if we, that's him and his missionary team, or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. This seems like very strong language from Paul, and it is. What he wants the church in Galatia to grab and what he wants us to grab is that any other gospel is no gospel. Anything other than a gospel that is all about Jesus is no longer good news. Anything other than being saved by grace through Jesus Christ is not a gospel, it's not good news. The reality of the gospel is that we are saved by grace. I think because it's difficult for us to accept that it's difficult for us to make sense of how God could save us purely out of his action, we try and add things to it. We try and justify God's grace to us. I remember preaching uh, here actually when we had an evening service about six or seven years ago and we were talking about grace and it was a bit more conversational then and, and, and speaking around this idea that we are saved completely by God's grace and nothing that we bring to the party. And I remember someone just saying, but that doesn't make sense. And my response and I think our response to God's grace is at the point that it's not making sense anymore is that when we're actually starting to grasp what it really means. It does not make sense 
that a perfect and holy God would send his perfect and holy divine son to be sacrificed on a cross for us, that we would be saved from our sins. And whenever we try and make sense of that, whenever we try and add some action of ourselves to that, whenever we try and add to that gospel, to try and rationalize it, to try and say, well, yes, but then I'm fulfilling the law, and so, you know, then I'm, I, you know, I'm bringing something to the party. Whenever we try and do that, whenever we make sense of God's grace, we're actually making less sense of it. We're, we're robbing God's gospel, his grace, of its power and reality. In Galatians chapter 2, just jump you to the next tra- chapter, Paul says it this way. We who are Jews by birth, speaking of himself, and not sinful Gentiles, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. Justified simply means being made right before God. And then in verse 21 of that chapter, he says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And so the truth of the gospel as we begin this new year, I want us to recenter on, is that Jesus Christ is the gospel. That his death and resurrection for our sin that we are saved through faith in him by God's grace, that is the gospel. We as humans and we live in a world where many people will want to add to that truth. We want to add requirements to what it means to be saved. We want to add hurdles and rules and laws to follow to be truly holy, to be truly accepted by God, to to be welcomed in. The truth of the gospel for us to refocus on this year is that we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ who gave himself for us and who was raised on the third day that we too might live a new life for him. And so Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 in that chapter as well, so no longer do I live for I was crucified with Christ but the life I live, I live for Christ. And so, Rach and Ken, I'm going to invite you to come. and uh, We're going to sing a song as we conclude this morning that focuses on what we believe. Um, it's taken from the Apostles' Creed. Many of us uh, have sung this song before or said this creed before. Um, and so you might want to sing along. We're free to sing along now. We weren't for a long time. We were back into masks. Um, but, but we're free to sing still because we're not a nightclub. Um, so we're allowed to sing. Um, but you might want to sing, you might want to stand, you might want to walk around the room. Uh, you're free in this place uh, as long as it's not you know, harming another person. You're free in this place to worship uh, as you're led. But you also might want to sit and reflect on the words uh, this morning. You might want to just refocus in on the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ Um, and so that's my prayer as we uh, the second Sunday of this year as we begin uh, our journey and we're going to spend a few weeks in Galatians before we get to February my prayer for us as a church um, 
is that we have our eyes refocused on the gospel. That anything that we've added to it would be stripped away and that we'd rediscover the freedom that comes from being saved through grace as we put our trust in Jesus. And so Heavenly Father, we confess the temptation to add to the gospel. To build around it, to add things and requirements to make it make sense more to us, to, to make it more rational in our human mind, to, to make it seem better, to make it fit our religious grid. But I pray this morning that as we begin this year, that you would strip away all that we've added to the gospel that we'd come back to the simple truth of Jesus' death and resurrection, of our salvation by grace through faith in Him alone. And so we pray that you would refocus us on the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.